0: Hello,
1: everyone, and welcome to Roll Up, episode number 24. I am joined, of course, by Todd Derschel, and welcome back to Mike Molesky. Mike, how are you? Fantastic, Sam, as always. Glad to be here with you. Excellent, excellent. Uh, You've had a a few weeks off here to freshen your material up for the show, so I'm expecting the very best tonight. I'll get used to disappointment. (laughs) (laughs) well you heard it here fans you can turn off the show now
0: uh no (laughs) stick with we got we got your download it's fine fine. (laughs) (laughs) right exactly uh todd how are you i'm doing
1: good i'm doing good Excellent, excellent. I'm glad to hear it. Uh, it's a uh, it's a big week. We're not going to talk too much about it, but you mentioned it before the show. We should just mention it's a big week, I think, for uh, for wrestling in particular. AEW uh, All Out is is on Sunday. Uh, they've got a big Dynamite and Rampage, and it's all right here in my hometown of Chicago, Illinois. And I will be right here in my home <laughs> during all of it. I'm not going to make it to any of the shows, which is really too bad. But there's there's a variety of reasons that they're going to keep me here. Uh, not to mention the you know $900 average ticket price for All Out. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I'm just going to be going to be chilling here. Although I might try to to hop out and see Zeke on Saturday.
2: I think we we chatted a little bit about that. So you never um, know, Sam. We'll see what the podcast royalties look like. Maybe we'll get you over there
1: no awesome (laughs) awesome uh (laughs) but uh there's a lot going on in chicago this week with lots of wrestling shows lots of stuff that's not even wrestling really they've got a charity baseball game uh pro wrestling tease. uh um i saw that uh, yeah yeah. i
0: i I predict that colt cabana is going to turn heel on the AEW guys (laughs) and help the pro wrestling tees guys win that game that's what (laughs) i'm thinking
1: well, right now, the pro wrestling Tees guys need all the help they can get, not because they're doing a bad job, mind you, but because they are so overwhelmed.
0: <laughs> they are—they
1: they are literally right now printing T-shirts twenty-four-seven. Like that is not an exaggeration. They are to keep up with everything. They're—they're they're printing shirts twenty-four hours a day. Um, they've hired extra staff. They've got—you know—it's—it's—it's kind of crazy for them right now. And of course, you know, there's one individual in particular who is the source of, of all of this, uh, the hype is still very real,
2: uh, for CM Punk. Thanks
0: Phil. But yeah, right.
2: <laughs> I'm glad uh, you said that. I was going to guess it was Cole Cabana.
0: Really? <laughs> <laughs> not quite
1: (laughs) that's an interesting locker room situation i'm sure um (laughs) but um but yeah so so that's exciting so if if people are are, are interested uh make sure you tune in because i think it's it's probably going to be some some really good stuff Uh, a good couple hours of dynamite on wednesday which by the time this airs will have already happened and then an hour of rampage on friday and then of course uh all out which will be a big a big big show um and uh, and then in a few weeks, Todd, you're going to go see a show, which which I'll just might there
0: in three weeks have some importance York. as well. <laughs> yeah, I, I I always thought if I was going to the U.S. Open Tennis Stadium in September, that it would be to see the U.S. Open, but no, <laughs> I'm going to see wrestling. So there you go. <laughs> That's
1: pretty awesome. I, I I'm I'm really interested to see the setup of the show and just you know how they, uh, you know the the logistics of it all, how it works. I'm sure it's going to be awesome. So. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm in a court side box there. So yeah, should, should, we'll see. We'll see I, how it goes. I, I, I have no I idea. Mean, I,
2: I really feel like John McEnroe was the like loudest thing that ever hit that court uh, before now. So that'll yeah. be right. <laughs> um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I, uh, you know, most
0: violent. I don't know. It's yeah, I know it's true. But
2: you know, nobody more flamboyant than Agassi, nobody, <laughs> nobody more angry than McEnroe. So we'll see what mm-hmm. we can see, see what AEW can cook up for you.
1: There we go. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and just in an attempt to be somewhat fair and balanced here, uh, we didn't really talk about it much last week because we had a, a pretty jam-packed show. And we only briefly touched on the AEW stuff uh, and CM Punk's return, but uh, that same weekend, of course, WWE uh, orchestrated a couple of returns, um, both of which were rabbits out of the hat because, uh, from what I've read, Becky wasn't supposed to come back until uh, October, and um, and there was no Brock plan, but they they signed him to a year-long deal for eight matches. Uh, and brought him in and and i think it was definitely all reactionary uh i've read that fox is not too happy with them uh and letting cm Punk get away so uh so they they pulled these two rabbits out of the hat and uh, i'm curious i'm curious uh todd you go first what did you what did you think of these two uh Returns.
0: Honestly, I wasn't surprised by either one. I kind of expected both of them to be quite honest. Even the Brock one, I'm like, I was expecting him to come out after the main event. You know, yeah. I had messaged Rob and whatever. I'm like, yeah, I think he's coming out. And then at the end, it's like, yep, yeah, there he is. I was excited to see him. Uh, especially his new kind of you know look to him there is kind of kind of different there. But yeah, I I I wasn't overly surprised. Now I was surprised with how Becky match went that's probably yeah. was like the biggest surprise to me out of all of it but I who knows there might be other things that were going on that uh we don't know much about i don't know it's just kind of a weird to have a squash there and a return and whatnot but i don't yeah. know, we'll see what happens
1: especially against bel-air yeah i, yeah. I agree yeah we um, kind of
0: reminiscent of the uh kofi kingston one from a couple of years ago you know it's kind of kind of funny how that that <laughs>
2: you know, comes back
1: it's so, all it's all happened before and it will all happen again. Indeed. Um, <laughs> Mike, what, what did you think?
2: Well, I mean, I wasn't uh, su- surprised by either return, uh, even if they weren't planned. I mean, I think they had to do something with uh, AEW getting punk. Um, I think, I guess the Becky Lynch one, like Todd said, I was a little surprised kind of in how she came back, particularly since it's pretty much, you know, a heel return for her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, you know, that that was a little surprising. Trying to run her as a heel when she's like over as anybody in the roster, so it's it's kind of a a tough call and how that's all going to work for, out for him in the long run. But um, I wasn't surprised by either one. I figured CM Punk. As soon as the rumors went that Punk had signed with AEW, I was like, okay, Brock Lesnar in three, two, one. There we go. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. It's interesting because uh, and and I don't want to drive the subject into the ground, but with Becky, the the thing is, is that, you know, again, this is just what I had read. So it, it's entirely possible that this was not the case is that, yeah, she was originally supposed to come back. They were going to hold off until October. Um, and that they, they ended up bringing her in for SummerSlam. I agree with you guys like I kind of expected her to be back for SummerSlam. Uh anyway, uh but I guess that wasn't the original plan. Um and then and then yeah, the Brock return was it was just a matter of time. The funny thing is is that up until uh m- maybe like uh, about a week out from uh SummerSlam, oddsmakers had the odds like almost even with uh Reigns and Cena. And so there was like that that notion of like are they going to have Cena go over uh at SummerSlam and stick around? you know, through whenever, you know, Survivor Series or whatever. Um, But, but again, from all, you know, signs and external reports, Cena's done. Like he's, he might ride back into town for mania or something like that, but he's no longer, you know, considers himself an active member of the roster. He's he's in Hollywood now. You know, he's 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 going the Dwayne route. Uh, so he's peacemaker,
0: I, I, man, Come that's on. right. he's Peacemaker.
1: Uh, I'm looking forward to that show. Actually, he was great in the Suicide Squad. Um, but yeah, I was very surprised at how quickly uh, you know, the squash, the two move squash of, of Bel Air. I felt like it was. It just felt like a, a waste of all this work that they had done um, with Bel Air. Uh, and you know, the Lesnar return is cool. Um, I, I guess the, the 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 weird thing about it is I, I don't know how interested or invested I am in Lesnar and Reigns again. Um,
0: well, at least their their roles have flipped. So I mean, but it's have a they though?
1: Because the thing and is, is like not, I do, should I should I should I view Lesnar as a baby face? Like it's one of those things where tough, it's kind
2: of like can yeah. Uh, Although at least we have sure. Heyman this time now in the middle. Right. Of. Right. That, that makes it a little different.
1: The the one thing I will say is that yeah, all all signs and reports indicate that they are going to have Becky be a heel. And I'm just like, Are you
0: out of your minds? Like, what is wrong with you? Well I don't, I don't, yeah i mean it's, it's it's perplexing especially since everyone wants to cheer for her right off the bat usually when you come back right. you come back as a good guy but you know.
1: especially we're talking about the man we're talking about yeah, the person um, that they tried to turn heel when nobody wanted her to be to heel. It, right she went <laughs> out and she she went out and badmouthed the fans for 20 minutes at smackdown and they cheered her like she was the second coming of steve austin you <laughs> know and it's like and, and it took them and it still took them two weeks to be like oh you know what we should do so i, I don't know it but of course is this a is a coming way. from the company that ripped the script up an hour before raw on monday <laughs> and and, you know, okay. still has Nia Jax employed on their roster. So what do I know? Well, um,
0: one other thing I'll say with returns is uh, a number of 90 day clauses, I think, are just expiring as we're recording this. So that'll be interesting to see what happens with some of those names. I know we saw something from the former Iconics. And, and one I'll def- definitely just point out that uh, it's highly recommend is the series of vignettes from the former Ruby Riot, uh, now Ruby Soho. Yeah, uh, one on Monday was excellent too. So definitely check those out. I'm really, I'm hoping she might be, you know, that wild card number twenty one in the battle royal on Sunday. But you know, we'll we'll see what happens with that whole crew. But I do
2: really I do cool. think it speaks to another issue that that the E's got with not having, you know, they can't go out and there aren't a lot of superstars for them to grab off the street, right? You know, like they're letting people go and AEW can go grab them. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they want them they don't have yeah. to they can if they want them and right. or or an nwa could or you know your your favorite indie promotion could right um grab these guys but wwe's pretty much until aw's younger stars have contracts that end it's going to be pretty hard for them to go grab somebody that would be a surprise shocker for them
1: sure yeah, no, that's that is a really, really good point. Um, it, it's, you know, the weird thing about it is is I think that that speaks to uh, not only how uh, out of touch uh, WWE is, but also how casual uh, their fan base is when it comes to wrestling. Like, and, and it's the environment that Vince McMahon has created i would i would i would say that there is a large portion, maybe not the majority, but a large portion of w w e fans that are not wrestling fans they're w w e fans and that's exactly what vince has always wanted you know he he doesn't care about wrestling, and so i think for him it's 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 to build that to build a brand that says you are a fan of the w w e not of wrestling well, i also
2: think it speaks to the success of w w e right mm-hmm. because if you think about it you know, they've been so successful that no other promotion in the last 10 years had been able to produce a star that rivaled anything they produced. I mean, other than, you know, Punk, when he left, I mean, Punk took his ball and went home, right? And he was just done. Um, So, so AEW could go convince him to come back. He wasn't never going to go back and work for Vince at this point. I don't think, I think that was a, I mean, maybe 10 years that, that was years evident from, from his
0: pro, promo the first night. You right, know, right. So,
2: maybe, yeah. maybe maybe ten years from now. I mean, you know, Bret Hart came back. You know, I mean, anybody can come back, right? But <laughs> sure. but it wasn't it wasn't happening now. And and who else was out there that WWE was going to go get? There's nobody. You know, AEW stars. You know, their young stars are still under contract, right? So they're not going anywhere. It's not like Tony Khan's like, yeah, you know what, Adam Page, nice run, but we're not renewing you right? I right. mean, that. that you know, that's not happening right now. So until you get AEW guys who maybe feel squeezed out of their spot by new people, you, you're not going to see that happen for, you know, it's going to be tough for the E to um,
0: and, and, and and does, like, anybody who is, you know, quote-unquote AEW star, are, would they be considered a star at WWE? Well, like, and, it's, it's a different right. thing versus the WCW, you know, yeah. back in the day
2: and, and, and I think that Vince has shown like, just with what he did with punk and Danielson and, and some other guys that he's adapted over the years to it. Mm-hmm. But I think that the last five years, at least there'd been, I mean, no offense, impact, uh You know, impact wrestling, you guys, they were never producing anybody like uh, WWE was. So I think it's, it, it's, it, it'll be interesting when, you know, I mean, AEW is going to have like a year or two to continue to build. And, and Vince can't really raid the cabinets. Right, there's, he, he's got the talent that he's got.
1: Yeah, well, and all signs point to that they don't want to do that anyway. You know right. that they're much more interested in taking you know bodies that look the part and molding them into WWE wrestlers as opposed to you know.
0: And that guys could that, that, that could always change too. Oh, yeah, that absolutely. That's, that's the thing right yeah, now.
2: I, I think that could change quickly. Uh, but at any rate I think that it's it certainly if you're if you're a fan of the business, it, it it's going to make for an interesting few years. I think.
0: And, yeah. and and I think it'll also make the indies that much more, you know, compelling as well with all these guys now back out there and, you know, uh, making some really cool matchups and all these different promotions. Uh,
1: the interesting thing is uh, is that there's no denying, though, that there are, you know, there have been stars that have been made outside of WWE even before AEW. And I think it could happen again. It's a rare, rare exception. I, I Don't get me wrong. But just look at the reaction that AJ Styles got when he came in, you sure. know people knew who he was and they were and they were ready they were like let's go and so i think and and at times that i know wwe had offered contracts to abyss before that they thought that he was a guy that you know they could bring in and get you know get something out of and this is and this is like before
2: nxt was nxt really so right and um, i'm just saying that they haven't that that's been years samoa joe aj styles those guys i mean it was when did when did aj sign with with the i mean it was
1: Kind wow like <laughs> a long time ago six, six seven years ago i think easy yeah right? I, I think yeah. i think it's at
2: least six years ago so my point is, is for the last five years they, they they picked the guys that they wanted like samojo and and uh um aj styles from impact they brought you know christian back you know all that stuff and and then it was sort of like okay right, yeah. right. who else is there right well,
1: and and yeah, the the a lot can change in a few years. That's for sure. Because I mean, hell, for all we know, you know, if 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 they play their cards. Right. Depending on what the master plan is, Vince might not even own WWE in three years. So.
0: Uh, Well, I don't know. I'm I'm still going back and forth. It seems that way, but I just can't see Vince walking away. Uh, That that's, that's, neither can I,
1: neither can I, but at the same time, you know, if Disney comes in and offers him a billion dollars, like, you know what I mean? Like, so, so I, I think that, I think that, let me put it this way for the first time ever, there's there's at least a little bit of a doubt in my mind as to whether or not Vince dies as the owner and CEO. You know what I mean? Like, mm. and and there had never been that before. And and part of that could be what they want. You know, so so there's a lot more going on here than just putting on a TV show. I mean, they're a publicly traded company. They're you know they're, they're trying to make themselves look good for investors. There's, I mean, you know, Nick Khan doesn't give a shit about wrestling. You know, he's not there to to, to do anything that has anything to do with wrestling. He's there because he's you know a business minded fellow. So. So it, it, it's just a different environment and, and it continues to change. And that's what they need to do to continue to be the, the business and, and the model that Vince wants them to be. But that's why I stick to what I said earlier. It's not about wrestling. It's about WWE. And so he doesn't care about making wrestling fans. He cares about making WWE fans. And, yeah, and that's why.
0: Go to your strength, I guess. Right. Yeah. Right.
1: <laughs> right. And that's why they have a lot of kids as their fans, you know, because yeah, they're sure. easily accessible and it's the yeah. reason why they want to be PG. It's so, I get it. I get it. You know, but it's, it's rarely these days. Does it feel like a wrestling show? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, it's funny. Let's, we talk, said we, let's we were, talk about some
0: wrestling then. We, we said we so were so going to talk about this and then, and, and,
1: and, and, and then we ended up talking about it, but uh, let's go ahead and go to the opening bell. And we do have some really cool news. Uh, the Legends of Wrestling set, uh, Pacific Northwest-based uh, set uh, of four cards coming. Uh, and, of course, the first name revealed. I don't think it was a huge shocker by any stretch, but somebody who I know yeah. people have wanted to have that color upgrade for for a long time, myself included, none other than Playboy Buddy Rose. Um Super cool to have him love the artwork Really looking forward to seeing what those Stats are uh, I'll, I'll put A disclaimer out there because I know there's some discussion about it on the Boards that I, I almost responded but a couple of other People did so I didn't necessarily feel the need to um, And I noticed that it was changed For the Facebook post but a couple of people Asked about the weight and Because uh, I, I I wrote it down as 237 Instead of the 271 where he would switch It to 217 and the main Reason I did that is because he he Was a lot lighter in his Pacific Northwest Days Yeah. Um, and there,
0: there was a lot of discussion exactly what that number should be in the end we put it with the gimmick of two seventy one but yeah <laughs> oh really oh yeah that's too bad yeah. that might not be what the weight is on the card though i will say that oh okay the, okay. the card might be di- might be different than that i know there's i think it was like two fifty six was his weight you know at, at one point in there too and yeah so
1: yeah and I was just trying to I was just trying to represent the gimmick that that he had you, you know where he would say that his weight was lower than it obviously yeah. was while also staying true to what his weight you know usually was when he was in the Pacific Northwest um so I just kind of was you know playing around having a little fun with it um but a couple of of, of promoters obviously noticed it as I'm sure people would cuz uh, there's a lot of really smart folks out there um but but that was that was the reason behind yeah. that um cuz he wasn't 271 when he was you know no. in in yeah. Pacific Northwest so uh but yeah super super cool to have him uh in the game and uh, uh Uh, as a color card that is and as an addition to this four pack uh todd thoughts on buddy rose
0: uh yeah definitely yeah we needed to have him i mean as soon as we announced the theme everyone's like okay well buddy's in it you know no no shocker there and i think you know one of the i think main reasons we definitely wanted to get a buddy uh rose card in there is you know the original 24 legends cards are out there he was in that set and he was one of the Few names left that we haven't done a card for in color yet. So I think it was someone we definitely felt needed uh to be represented and yeah, glad we were able to do that.
2: Mike, what about you? Yeah, Todd kind of stole my thunder there. Uh, yeah, I kind of that's, say. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's, that's like my thing. Okay. You know, I've I it's you know, I've always wanted the original 24 all to be in color. So um this was you know, we've been kind of There was one of probably three different places we were thinking about putting Buddy Rose, and this one just uh, was convenient based on, you know, some other uh, guys we want to put in this uh, out this fall. So I think it worked out really well. Glad to have Playboy uh, in color.
1: Yeah. And I love the artwork. I think, you know, again, Warner did a great job with that. Uh, and I love that we're getting him. So, you know, soon off the heels of Roddy Piper in color as well, Mm because the two of them obviously had a pretty legendary feud, uh, in the Pacific Northwest. So it'll be really cool to, you know, have promoters recreate that if they, if they want to, um, they also teamed up on occasion as well. Um, but, uh, yeah. Uh, great announcement. I'm looking forward to the other three cards, um, for sure. Um, uh moving on to other announcements, however, and this one goes straight to our own Mike Molesky, uh, is overkill is coming to the CWF future
2: shock 2117. Mike talk about overkill. Well, I, I as you can tell from the teaser, we a little bit mysterious with uh, <laughs> Mr. Overkill here. Um, I don't think uh, I, I really don't want to talk about what he's doing. Uh, I think that the fact that is that he does it, the neat thing about um, introducing him here is I think it, it generates a lot of discussion for folks uh, in terms of you know a lot of questions. Right? Are, are the portals open? Are they or is he always there? Is he with Vengeance? Is he against Vengeance? Is he? I've seen speculation whether he's a tag wrestler or a singles wrestler. There's lots of uh, things going on right now, and that's kind of exactly what I want
0: So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I don't
2: I, I don't want to steer the conversation too much now. <laughs> no,
1: I you know I, I can appreciate that and I think that uh the cool thing is 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 that it you know yeah it achieved exactly what you wanted and in a way it's like how could it not because it, it it's one of those things that an announcement like this definitely leaves more questions um than than answers and uh I mean that's true honestly of the other announcements which we haven't had a chance to talk about with you because you know you haven't been here but uh also announced paragon um which is awesome I, I'm really looking forward to seeing you know, where this particular version of Paragon, you know, comes from what he's
2: after. Um, do you have anything to, to add about Paragon? I'll just say, I've always, always thought he was a character that in a different era would have gotten a lot more, um, uh, play. I, I think that, you know, because he was when his P you know, his, when he showed up that, that was when the GWF roster was at its largest, um, and and there were a lot of main event kind of guys around. So I think uh, having him in a slightly smaller roster sort of puts him in a better place to shine.
1: Nice. And then of course the announcement of epitome as well, uh, which is a super cool card. And we know we're going to get an additional card for him as well in prime. Uh, anything you want to add about epitome?
2: I just, I mean, he's going to be loud and he's going to be, you know, just you know sort of obnoxious a little bit but in like more of a crowd friendly kind of way you know the crowd's gonna i think and i think promoters are going to dig um his two cards i think i think i think it's something cool it's 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 a little it's something different than we've ever done before so i kind of i think that's neat in and of itself but i really like this character i think warner did a great job with the artwork i think it looks uh really just how i wanted it to um, oh yeah I had, uh, I had a bunch of different things i wanted in that drawing and warner managed to capture them all yeah that's a really great drawing yeah i don't yeah, know what, I did what, did, what did you guys think what did you guys think since i wasn't here to get your reactions
1: you didn't listen to the show
2: Jeez, no. man no well, I'm, I'm... i i i was in an isolation chamber i'm writing dude
1: uh, No, I, you know, uh, you've, you've told me a little bit about epitome and, uh, I, I'm just, I think it's a really cool character. I love the artwork. I I love him kind of in his background. I love the idea of getting the two cards. Um, I'm, I'm really looking forward to him. I I feel like he's somebody I could have a lot of fun with, um, just because I, I I've always enjoyed those types of personalities. And I think that, uh, the, the ability of potentially having a guy you know, either with, with a talk show or some kind of mechanic or, or whatever, you know, the plan is will be, uh, will be a lot of fun. Um, and then, uh, I, I agree completely with what you said about Paragon. That was something that we even talked about. I think Todd was the one that, that specifically mentioned, you know, the, that he didn't necessarily have, uh, the spot that he maybe could have or should have had. So I completely agree with that. And I'm really looking forward to it. I, I've always liked Paragon. He was one of the guys that I really enjoyed using, especially during the CPC years. Um, I just thought it was a cool, you know, cool character. And um, somebody that we, you, you know, it's it's funny because I think the GWF has always had some big guys, um, but there was something about Paragon in particular. I don't know if it was the art, if it was, you know, the way that Tom wrote him, there was something about him that made him seem a little bit bigger personality wise than a lot of the other big guys that we've had before. So, uh I was definitely looking forward to that. Um and then Todd, you, you know, obviously I want you to respond to what Mike said, but I also want you to get your chance on Overkill cuz you haven't had a chance to really talk about him yet.
0: Yeah, no, I mean yeah, very uh glad to have Overkill in there. you, have to, you know, key part of uh, a number of different tag teams over the years. I'm yeah, interested to kind of see what happens there i mean yeah the question is he tags these singles we've never really seen him as a singles guy it could be very interesting to see what happens uh if that's the case uh but it's that overall just big year for the gladiators i guess in champions of the galaxy we got the big uh invasion in uh in 21 uh 37 and now uh you know we have a gladiator here in this set as well very cool
1: yeah, um I I you know it's funny because I've read uh threads even on the boards before where people talk about how Overkill never really got uh his chance at a singles run and a lot of people wanted to see that. So if that is the route that Mike decides to take with him, I know that there will be some people out there that are pleased to see that. Uh and if not, I'm sure it will be intriguing to see, you know, just who he might team up with yeah. um you know if there's somebody else on the way or, or or if it's somebody already there or whatnot so uh future shock is going to be a, a lot of fun and I'm, I'm looking forward to getting the chance to dive back in um once that once that drops but uh of course that's not all not only do we have the legends four pack not only do we have future shock 21 21- 17. I almost said 37 because, you know, we're, we're talking about anyway. Uh, and then uh, we also have, of course, our Indies Deathmatch set um, and excited to have the new name uh, Orrin Veet, which is uh, going to be a really cool uh, addition to the set. I mean, here's a guy who, uh, again, m- much like we were talking about with Jimmy Lloyd last week great wrestler like can can just wrestle but at the same time will also do you know the crazy deathmatch stuff and has participated in multiple deathmatch tournaments um and you know wrestled for a lot of, of companies like IWA Mid-South and um you know countless others of course uh, as as a sort of a deathmatch wrestler but again he he's also you know got great technical skills uh, high flyer you know he's kind of a smaller guy he's a young guy you know in his 20s so I mean somebody that that we could see around for quite a while um, um but yeah I, you know even just recently um made it to the finals of the king of the death matches 2021 at the IWA mid-south uh, king of death match tournament so um I, I'm, I'm excited to, to see to see where uh where he goes and, and and how he ends up in people's indie feds and of course what the the stats are that Zeke has cooked up for us Todd what are your thoughts on Oren Viet?
0: Uh, yeah, so Oren, again, new, new, relatively new name uh, for me here. Um, he is uh, you know, someone I know that uh, Zeke had uh, signed at the Turner of Survival uh, in Atlantic City. Uh, not normally from the area, hasn't done a st- ton of stuff there, but we want to get some good representation from kind of around the country, and this is kind of a, a young guy that seems to be making a good splash uh, on the scene. So that's we thought it would be uh, a good guy to include in there, and you know, hopefully, someone that you know can continue uh, to make a name for himself uh, going forward. So yeah, glad glad to have him. Uh, Glad to have him in the set. I know Zeke uh, is a big fan of his work there, so he, he would definitely he, he wanted him, and I think he's uh, he's got some cool art too. We've had a couple couple different versions we're kind of working through, but uh, yeah, the the one that, that I, I do like the art uh, that uh, we're, we're going to go with. Them.
1: Nice, um, and uh, uh, yeah, uh, Mike, what are your thoughts on on Oren?
2: Well, I mean, I'm not as familiar with them either. I mean, I'm not, I'll be the first to admit that the death match scene isn't, you know, my uh, first choice on Fueling. So I don't know a (laughs) lot of these guys, but it's always interesting. You know, we've talked about this before. You know, I always like learning about these guys, even when I don't know anything about them, it's kind of a neat thing to do just because you learn something and then you never know when they're going to, I mean, if you've learned anything from our indie product line, it's, you know, you're going to see guys who come in who you're going to see on TV later. Right. right. You, 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 yeah. you, know, and you may, you may see them in Japan, you may see them, uh, you know, in, you know, AEW, WWE, but, but, but a lot of these guys do move on and it's kind of, you know, if you, if you were paying attention, you know, you saw, you know, especially with AEW right now, a lot of guys who, you know, we, we, you know, saw in the indie sets early before they got there. So it's, it's kind of, um, I think it's really cool just to sort of get a look at these guys at this point in their careers and see where they go.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's worth noting that at one time, you know, names like John Moxley and, you know, Kenny Omega uh, were names that, you know, that were signed by Phil Sigger games that were just dudes on the indie circuit,
2: you know, Adam, Adam page, you know, you've got uh, guys like that. You've got, um, tyler mjf tyler back mjf i
0: mean lots of just i'll I'll tell you two two of the uh two of the indie sets that definitely gotten very popular in the last you know like last few months there has definitely been evolve four and czw5 evolve (laughs) four with darby czw5 with mjf i mean those are that's they're super popular right now. Yeah. So, yeah, people are people are finding them and it's kind of interesting with a lot of these ones like the kind of the question came up like, you know, I'm I'm seeing stuff online there about, you know, about people like listing these cards on eBay and stuff and listing them as rookie cards. You know, because it's like <laughs> it's the, the you know, because it's the first like kind of card form of many of these guys who are sure. stars now i see it's kind of a it's an interesting question do you consider a card because it's not like standard trading card size right you know and it's not a photo so like yeah you yeah, know i was yeah i had that question myself you know do you consider it or not i mean it's up in the air
2: so. We got we we got some young bucks rookies back there too. I think. We that's do have right? young
0: bucks rookies as well. Yes, that's true. Yeah, that's true.
1: Yeah, I mean there's there's all sorts of names. Another name that's in the news that we didn't talk about earlier is uh one Mr. Adam Cole, uh who is yeah. officially no longer under contract. And apparently was listed on the call sheet yesterday at RAW as no longer employed by WWE. <laughs> so, okay, I think well, we know we'll see what happens there. there. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but but yeah, you know, it's it's absolutely true, Mike, that so many of these names, and you look at a name even just this year that has already grown leaps and bounds from where he was when it was released in January, not to sound like a broken record, but look at Daniel Garcia. Here's a guy that when that set was released in January for IWTV, like, you know, or not January, March, Uh, March but, but, um, you know, was a guy that not a lot of people knew who he was. And now he's had a national spotlight. He main evented the rampage that CM Punk returned on, you know, against John Moxley, he's going to be in a, what I'm sure will be an awesome match against Josh Alexander on this Friday's new Japan strong. So, I mean, he's all over the place and he's on TV. You can see him whenever you want him.
2: Well, I think you could learn. One thing is that if you get a Phil games card, you're destined for greatness. So, I mean, there we go. AW, WWE, any of you guys listening, just let us know. We'll you up. <laughs> that, right. Yeah.
0: would consider us the hookup. Um, um yeah I, other, ho- hopefully the next time Daniel Garcia gets into one of our Philadelphia games tournaments he lasts more than the mo- one move though otherwise you know yeah. I might, might have to make some adjustments to that card we'll, we'll see.
2: Look, i am excited about for dicer dice, or, uh, dice uh, fickle. They they are the fickle
1: fickle I I am just uh in, anticipating the inevitable clash between Daniel Garcia and Brian Danielson I just can't wait until that happens because I I have a feeling it's going to um so, any other news and notes from Fed HQ before we move on to our main event here?
0: Um, let's see. I mean, yeah, lots of things going on behind the scenes we're not able to uh share just yet, but lots of cool things to come uh and including uh I think pretty soon we'll have we'll be able to announce the date for our next virtual convention. We have uh some very cool plans uh coming together for that
1: nice are you also well, uh, working on phil Singer games ice cream bars
0: no no we're not doing
2: <laughs> no that. but 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 hope, but hope but hopefully plans cooperate with phil Singer games let's just put it that way
0: there we go yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes
2: um
1: awesome well i look forward to those announcements hopefully we can break some of them right here on roll up uh this will I'm be sure where this... you
0: hear about them first that's for sure yeah yep. so
1: stay tuned um, All right. Well, I guess we should hop on over to our main event. Let's do it. We have another character spotlight for you. Our second ever. Uh, and really we started things off with star warrior and there's no more fitting person to go to next. than, of course the game master, Thanos, um, There's really no format for this. I'm just going to be completely honest. Like there's a rough (laughs) sketch of what we want to (laughs) do. We're
2: going to do away with all the mystery now. But,
1: but, but, but but honestly, when you're approaching somebody like Thantos, I feel like, especially for the three of us, it would be better to just kind of talk off the cuff about the character. And, uh, you know, if we sat here and tried to go in depth on the entirety of his career, we'd be here for you know hours um, or at least be doing, you know, a three part, spot or something like that which maybe we'll do one day but for the purposes of this it just felt like you know the best way to talk about this character was you know what was to just bring our own personal experience and and you know maybe have a little bit of a road map but not have any big deep format to follow um so i i think the best place to start is to immediately just shoot right over to you mike and let's talk about cosmos mm-hmm. as a youngster as a rookie in the early years, the early classics era. Um, And we've talked a little bit about him before, you know, both on King of pro wrestling back in the day. And, you know, even on an earlier episode uh, of roll up. Uh, So when you were kind of writing the character and, and bringing, you know, him in, in the booklet in those early days, um, you know, as the rookie, even before, you know, the GWF classics version that we got um, just, Tell us a little bit about the process of that and, and and how you saw the character, the rookie Cosmos in your eyes.
2: Uh, I mean, I felt he always had to be somebody special, right? He he, he was never going to be like the uh, Ursa Major. Oh, I started out as a bum and kind of became somebody, somebody. He had to be like a blue chip talent from the beginning. He didn't necessarily have to have his whole game polished yet, but you had to look at that card and say, yeah, he's destined for something, something yeah. really good. And 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 you know him being coming in as the youngest guy, you know, I thought was appropriate too. Um, that you know nobody had come in any younger. They had to have a special like waiver to get him in or whatever. I thought that was kind <laughs> of a, um, a neat touch just to show what an elite talent he was. That somebody like you know a, you know a, a Morpheus and an Omega would look at the guy like this and say, yeah, he's worth bringing in now. Uh, yeah i think i think that was uh to me one of the things i wanted was just it he always had to be special from the very beginning
1: yeah i you know and not only do i completely agree with you but i do think that that's something that that showed um you know early on i I certainly felt like um not not only did, you know did i want that for him uh but that it was very easy to to find that that space for him just based off of, of the card uh and, you know and of course i mean in a way the story kind of writes itself right like i mean here's the the boy who will become the man kind of thing you know it's it's like you know the phantom menace you know what i mean like it, it's just sort of like you know you know that this this guy is going to be that guy one day uh and so parts of the journey are are sort of laid out for you um but then there's the stuff that you get to kind of do on your own and and I always you know thought that that was something that um there was freedom there with cosmos early on because i I felt like the really cool thing is he didn't necessarily have to be a white meat baby face like there was the opportunity to to play with some shades of gray there was some opportunity to play with the influence of omega versus the influence of morpheus um does he strike out on his own you know uh who who does he have alliances with early on You, you know i know in my early gwf you know for 2187 before early classics came around like the idea that uh he maybe it had some sort of schism with commander sam was something that i played with a lot um and so you know just kind of like trying to fill in the blank with that and, and then of course you know you've got this litany of of bad guy wrestlers basically uh you, you know who who does he have run-ins with and somebody that i paired him up with a lot in the early classics era was actually mimic he and mimic had a lot of great matches against one another um so i always i yeah I always enjoyed uh cosmos as the rookie and, and I felt like he was definitely somebody that uh there was space for him to grow, like you're saying but 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 there was definitely a piece of him that was already kind of like, okay, this guy's gonna be special
2: yeah and and I think that you know the, the early classics era also helped with that because he didn't have to be a white meat baby face right every, every there were no heroes and villains at right. that point, so it sort of played into the it let you. He, he could be kind of cause, you know, Thanos ish E if that's a word um, <laughs> and, but not be a bad guy. Um, right. So I think that was a, a neat thing about that period. Todd, what are your thoughts on Cosmos? Uh, Well, the,
0: the early Cosmos, I didn't get to use a ton. I didn't play throughout everything with the early classics uh, years there, but did play a little bit more with the second version uh, of mm-hmm. him with the, the tag team one there, but yeah, I thought it was really cool. Just kind of seeing, you know, like the, the story of where, where he came from, like when he was still on the good, on the good side. And I, I did like kind of like the, the I don't know, dichotomy of the team with him and star warrior, where star warrior was the, the son of, of, of Omega and, and cosmos was kind of almost like the adopted son of Omega, but also, you know, they never really, quite fit in the family but was you know so kind of seemed like yeah he was part of it but not really a full member and kind of seeing how that kind of continued to play you know in later years as well
1: yeah i you know that that tag team obviously was extremely important and the truth of the matter is that they struggled a lot in my early classics era um they they were you know mostly uh, for, for a good stretch there, they, they felt second best, you know, as as opposed to being the top of the mountain, there was always a team that was just a little bit better than them, whether it was Hecaly's and Gaiman or whether it was, uh, um, Oh gosh. The Estonians, um, you know, there was always somebody that just kind of seemed to, to have a little bit of an edge over them uh, as a tag team, which was a lot of fun because I felt like it, it, they had to earn their stripes a little bit. You know, they weren't just going to come in and be this dominant, you know, tag team championship winning team. Um, and of course, they continued to kind of evolve and become and become better. Um I think the striking thing for me in the, the transformation of Cosmos to Thantos is that. The, you know, obviously the disfigurement plays a huge role in that. Uh, So, Mike, I want to go to you again and talk a little bit about, you know, Tom obviously had had mapped this out already. You know, we knew by this time kind of what had happened. Uh, You know, some of the characters had been had been introduced in the classics. But, you know, you're the one that's actually basically, you know, in the early classics booklet, writing the month to month, year to year happenings. When it came to that moment, which is so pivotal in the history of the GWF, you know, what was uh, your perception of that? And how did you go about kind of in- incorporating that into early classics?
2: Well, I mean, as you said, uh, Sam, a lot of that was already there. Um, you know, it, it was the, the basic, the broad strokes were already there. So it was really just about trying to, you know, bridge that gap. You know, how did it actually go down? You know, because if if you remember, Tom, in addition to having written, the original stuff about Thantos had done, you know, the sin and salvation, you know, mm-hmm. and, and vice. So he had, he had written a lot of what happened, and so it was really about how do you get him to the moment, right? It, it's it's you know, ha, ha, you, you got to get you know, he, you know where he starts, you know where he uh, stops, and you know where he finishes. So how do you you, you kind of got to get the the taxi cab to to drive him to those spots? So that was really. <laughs> um or the uber i guess in more modern parts right <laughs> uh, but but you know so i had to get him an uber um and that's that's really what i tried to do i tried to get into the bit about um you know with the uh the, the final update you know where he's getting a little bit more cocky and full of himself um thinking he's you know maybe outgrowing this team a little bit right and then, and then to get the injury to get the you know all that and to have feel like he's been abandoned by omega you know, sort of felt like the right um sort of way to finish the push
1: yeah you know one of the things that that i've been thinking a lot about and it kind of just dawned on me today uh you know really being able to put it into words but with the shattering of the code I I think that the perception that that I have kind of had, and I think that I've gotten the sense from a lot of other fans when talking about Thantos, is that, you know, the rules don't apply to him or that he doesn't care about the rules, you know, that he's going to be the dirtiest player in the game to steal a phrase. But the thing that I started to think about today, and it feels so much more right about the character, especially with the discussions that we had with Rob, when we were talking about the Kronos version uh, of cosmos, is that, the rules failed him. The rules failed a young cosmos when he was getting his face carved up, you know, and, and, and failed him not being able to have any kind of repercussions. So for him, and 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 the influence of Morpheus obviously playing into this too, because I think Morpheus would probably argue that the rules never really worked for him either, you know, not to the extreme that Thantos went to, but that it it made sense that this code makes no sense. Because it's not worth you know, it's not worth the plaque that, that it's etched on. So I'm breaking it. And I'm gonna you know make my own rules now. And I, I, to me that's fascinating because I think it's very easy, especially looking at 2087, to see Thantos as the villain. And I think that there's more to him than that. And I think that seeing Cosmos's journey to the point where he becomes Thantos makes that more interesting and ultimately fills in the blank. When we come to, you know, revolution and we see Thantos and star Wars get back together and Santos kind of almost, you know, always after that, having just a little bit of, you know, maybe
2: that, maybe this guy's not a total bastard, you know? <laughs> well, yeah, no, I, th- I think that's, it's an important thing. I think that, um, I think Cosmos always struggled with the rules a little bit. I don't think he, <laughs> I think he felt he had outgrown some of the restrictions that he was living under. And then when the rules failed him, I think that to your point, I think he just said, you know what? I don't need this anymore. I, I, I'm done and, and I'm yeah. going to be, I'm going to be who I want to be and I don't care who I hurt. Yeah.
1: So we, you know, we've we talked a little bit about kind of the preamble in a lot of ways, but uh, I mean, all three of us, clearly we started with 2087, you know, that was, that was our first set. And, and of course, when you looked at at that roster, uh, there were for most people, I think three names that really kind of pulled away from the rest of the pack. No pun intended for one of these names. And that would be Wolf, Star Warrior, and of course, Thantos. And for many people, Thantos was like the guy for that you know for those first couple of years um so mike why don't you talk a little bit about you know getting that first set and 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 the impact
2: that thantos had on your fed and maybe how you used him in those early days well i mean i I think like most people he was the the you know he and star warrior were the the you know one two punch in terms of uh champions uh in my early fed um you know up until years later, you know, they, they were, you know, they had the, you know, the longest reign or the most reigns was one of those two guys. Um, and so, I mean, to me, I think, and some might argue with me, but I think it's, it, if it's not the most iconic piece of art that hmm. uh, w- was done, I don't know which one you're going to pick. I mean, to okay. me, that, that, that is uh, it's quintessential Chuck Carter. Like it, 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 it it's the, epitome of his style um it is just a an amazing piece of work and then to have an inadvertent smudge turn into be you know (laughs) the pivotal storyline in gwf history um just as sort of the icing on the cake with it um (laughs) but yeah so to me i mean it was that he was um at the center of everything you know whether uh he had the title or not he was important when i created a um a, i created a, a third belt a third singles belt and he won it and, it and it instantly became a real belt you know it didn't matter who had it after that Thantos was the first martian champion for me so it was like okay that was that's that's how big he was it, he made a belt all by himself
1: yeah yeah I, I and i i agree i mean i think that if if I, if I were to attempt an argument for the art you know maybe i would talk about wolf's art or commander sam's art or of course star warriors art but yeah i mean i think thantos is just the the most iconic piece um for for many reasons um todd what about you your your kind of early experience with with that first set and with thantos
0: uh i mean yeah i mean obviously thantos is probably the most dominant card in that that set um, and, and I have to agree with you. It's either Wolf or Thantos is probably the one that popped out um, to me. Now, now I'll admit something really weird here um, is that whenever I see the, the, original Thantos art, I sometimes think of my dad. Because he looks very much like <laughs> my dad, except my dad didn't have a big skull thing on his on his. On his, on his on
2: did he have his a head. scar? Did he have a scar on the side? He of his did face have
0: like a little that? bit of a scar, but not that. Wow, prominent, um, your dad so, is like, really
2: cool. Yeah. No, no, no.
0: <laughs> so yeah, I, for some reason I always yeah, have that weird association with that piece of art in particular. But you know, but I, I digress. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I think if I remember right, I mean, the, I think like the first match I ever ra- ran was with him and Star Warrior and. Yeah, he just kicked butt. I mean, that plus four finisher on there, singles finisher, that was, you yeah, know, that was winning all the time, you know, in those yeah. Early years.
1: Yeah. I mean, the the master lock was just such a great. I, I, I mean, obviously, having the figure four leg lock, which was such an iconic move. I mean, especially at the time that the game came out, like this, you know, the idea that this was the move and, and that he could execute it in such a way that was. You know, inescapable, and that yeah. he, you know he was he was the master. And, you and weren't
0: I, turning it over on him very right. Often, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, and and I just I I think that there was something about his character um overall that that again, even even when the line was drawn so strictly between the good guys and the bad guys, in that you know in the early years, there was still something about him that felt like a cut above the rest. Like this was a guy who was going to withstand the machinations of Exo King or or Invincible Crack. Or, you know, even if Comrade Terror was, you know, sniffing for a title shot or something like that. This was the guy that was going to stand above all that. And, and, and that and and i think that that really kind of uh elevated him um you know intentionally i mean by tom's design to uh, a a place that that stood above you know everyone else in the set because the same couldn't even be said on the hero side because even though star warrior like you said was kind of your your clear sort of you know foil for him there was still that that aspect of of like well there are other guys on this team that i might like more you know mm-hmm. like there maybe lord nexus or, or maybe wolf or you know who knows there you know maybe i really like commander sam or, or whatever and and i feel like for thantos that it he was just so made you know he was so solidified as the guy and uh and and could do it in the ring as well and um yeah I mean for me he was incredibly dominant my you know my first my very very first fed uh, that I ran he was not my first champion uh oddly enough but I, I did a restart you know probably. About a year later, um, when I finally added more sets. And I decided I'm just gonna start from scratch. And, and he did win the, the tournament then and held the title for a very long time until uh, Star Warrior beat him. And and Star Warrior didn't beat him until like the tail end of 2087. And Thantos had held it pretty much the entire year. And um, you know, it wasn't the last time he was gonna hold the title. It wasn't, you know, I mean, he he and he and he faced everybody and he beat everybody. And I, and there were times when I wanted, you know, like Wolf to beat him, or I wanted Star Warrior to beat him, or whatever, and it took for forever until star warrior finally took the title off of him. Um, and just, yeah, I, 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 think those, those early years there, there wasn't anyone uh, with the exception maybe of Bishop hell in my fed, there wasn't anyone that came close, I think, to being that, that iconic member of the villain squad, you know, you know, the bad guys, he was, he was always going to be the head of the pack. Um, of course you fast forward a few years and there is, you know, more talent coming in. You, you know, you, you get names like Chaos. You get Spike with the Cleansing. You get, you know, these these upgraded cards. Um, you get Star Warrior with an upgrade. Uh, you get somebody like Pulsar Prime even who can kind of nip at the heels of a lot of these guys. But what we don't get, oddly enough, is a Star War, or is a Thanos upgrade, excuse me. So I'm curious, uh, Todd, what were your thoughts on the fact that, y- you know, by five sets in here we've seen new guys come in that are more powerful we've seen upgrades for some of these characters phantos has not gotten an upgrade now he's still clearly towards the top of the pack yeah but he's no longer kind of like
0: the man um i I don't think he needed the upgrade though i mean so to, to me like him and wolf were like those classic guys from the first one that Really, still held their position for the most part. Star Wars, I think, needed the upgrade, to be quite honest. I don't think he, I mean, I know a lot of people, you know, listening to the Uncharted Territories, how like Star Wars was always like the top of the rankings. I, I don't think that car was ever, ever quite as good as Thantos for the most part.
2: I'll tell you, my Fed backs that up too, because for me, I think Star Wars was my first champion. And in his very first defense, he lost to Thantos who Mm -hmm. then made eight successful defenses and then star warrior beat him first defense in the rematch. Thantos takes the belt back and defends it five times more. So it was like, there was a clear, I thought Thantos' card was better than star Wars. And it wasn't until chaos came around uh, that I felt Thantos had any slippage in his position.
0: Um, even like the new spike coming in with that upgrade it still wasn't at the thantos level yeah
2: i I mean spike spike didn't i think he before his before his cleansing i think spike had won the title for me once the the big belt i'm talking about right right Um, i was
0: thinking more of the cleansed version in 2091 like that was maybe the only one beforehand that i would think besides maybe the upgraded star warrior to give him a run but yeah i don't think there was anybody clearly better than him until chaos and alpha force came around
2: yeah right yeah okay
0: then it was like all right he's chaos
2: was big in my fed when chaos came in that was sort of the game changer but before then you know to me thanos was still you know even when he didn't have the title he was still kind of main event material you know no matter what was going on he was at the center of it uh but but i think that um you know I was actually surprised that he downgraded him, you know, when he did, you know, like the way he did um, when Tom did that, because I thought Tanto still could have had a few years left in him as a, you know, and, and made the game masters more of an elite tag team as opposed to a night. I mean, w- when they won, they, they were a decent tag team, but they weren't like dominant, like you would have might have thought
1: right right well yeah and it is i mean it is worth noting that you know when he does get the downgrade in 2096 you know that adds an extra down three to his level three defense which you know we know that 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 as as, you know for some people listening they might not necessarily think this right off the bat others are old hands and be like oh yeah of course it does. but adding that extra down three is a huge shift because it's it's now you've got you know, three opportunities basically to, to potentially get this guy in a pinning situation. One obviously is that automatic pen, but then you've also got those two opportunities to roll a finisher. And so I think that, I, I, I think that that was, was a huge uh, factor. Um, and then of course the master lock becomes a little weaker. Um, and I, 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 you know, it's weird because in a way I, I think that it's okay that, that he got a downgrade. Um I, but but I but I see where you're coming from, Mike. It it is it is one of those things where you think like, well, could he have been on top a little bit longer? Or you, or, you know, you just
2: here's, as a as a lateral card move, but but more of a tag focused
1: one. That's you exactly know, like what maybe. I was gonna say. Um and I wonder too, if you know, we're talking 2096 here. I wonder had this been maybe a little bit later down the bike when you know now we see guys that have tag mechanics and 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 you know, more tags, defensive tags and, and that sort of stuff. You know, is this just speaking to more the when this card was created as opposed to necessarily really the true placement that Tom might've envisioned for him. Like had this, had this Santos, you, you know, had, had this been happening now, for instance, would we have seen what you're talking about? Would it have been a card that would have been super strong in the tag, you know, ranks, but maybe not as strong in singles anymore. Um, which well, that's all hindsight, but it, it is an interesting question to ask sometimes in the early days of the game, you, you know, were there things that Tom does now, for instance, that he wasn't doing back then that would have changed the makeup of these cards a bit.
0: Oh, good point. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Again, we see guys now who, you know, um, you know, that, you know, can be tag or singles a lot more than it used to be back in the days. kind of you're in one or the other, for the most part, so when he transferred over, it was like, okay, he's a tag team guy now. I'm not really going to use him a heck. Not really going to use him in singles there. Whereas today, you know, this guy's like, you know, Siege, who is like, yeah, he, you know, he's built as part of a tag team, but yeah, he's challenging for that for the Galaxy title too.
1: Right, right, yeah. I, you know, um, I, I'm curious. Uh, you know, since we are talking about it here, uh, what you guys thought of, um, you know, teaming star warrior and Thantos back up uh, which you know obviously for people playing at the time was the first time that it happened yeah. um, but uh, you know having the two of them together
0: I I really enjoyed it uh, I mean at that point again we had a lot of big singles guys that had come in that were kind of starting to take over that scene so getting those guys into this new division and they were a great tag team and they won my titles a couple of times. They were always at the top of the card. There had some great feuds. So I really enjoyed that run for them for at least, you know, a couple of years. I think they were you know still pretty much contenders until I think another downgrade uh, later on, but uh, on the Star Wars side, I think in particular, but um, yeah, I, I, I thought it was great. I really enjoyed them for a couple of years.
1: Yeah, well cuz it is worth noting that yeah, at the time that Santos got this downgrade, uh that Star Warrior was still, you know, rocking his his upgrade. Uh and that right. it wouldn't be until 2098 when uh when Star Warrior ended up getting uh um the the downgrade, which of course is when they would actually form the tag team. They weren't a tag team in 2096, but sure. um but but yeah, I I I I think that that is kind of uh um I, I don't know, it's just an interesting thing to to play with. Mike, what were your thoughts on the two of them teaming up?
2: I mean, I thought it was great. I mean, it was it was sort of you know if if you're going to bring you know Thantos back face, you know I think his his heel run was done. You know, chaos had become you know the big bad guy, and why would you want Thantos as sort of the other
0: not bad, so guy. Big, bad <laughs> guy? You know, <laughs> right, like I mean, yeah,
2: yeah. I, to me, it was like he was no longer once he was no longer the bad guy, he needed to either become a baby face and, and, or leave. And I think becoming the baby face was some good fan service, if nothing else, and being able to run that tag team. I I know it was, to me, was cool. And and you see that kind of stuff happen in real wrestling too, right? Guys, you know, wrestle together, they, they go apart. And then the end of their career, they come back and they do stuff. You know, I, I, it made perfect sense from a, both from a, fan service standpoint, but also just from how the world works standpoint.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I I completely agree. I mean, I thought it was super cool. And, you know, those were years that I unfortunately kind of raced through, um, you know, to get, because I, I, I really wanted to get to the CPC years at the time, you know, when, when I was coming to those years in my fed, um, and the CPC years were kind of the, the hot new stuff. So I wanted to get there as quick as I could, but, um, but yeah, I, I I remember reading in the booklet and 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 just kind of envisioning, you know, the the way that the team would come together and how they would behave, you know, especially at first, and how there would probably be some distrust. But of course, you know that that eventually that would give way to you know the two of them just operating as they should be, which is two of the greatest of all time, you know, in their as the, you know, one of the greatest tag teams of all time. So, uh, it was, it was really cool to see. And, uh, I, I look forward to maybe one day revisiting that time period and getting a chance to, you know, have a little bit more time with them as opposed to, you know, rolling out the, you know, probably 12 or 15 matches with them that I probably <laughs> only got to because I was racing through.
2: I, I, th- I think that, um, the other neat thing about it was even when he turned face, he was still a little, uh, a little smug, um, yeah. you know about it. Like he was, he was like, you know, basically, yeah. I I admit, I I, I got beaten, but yeah, you know, I'm still a. I, I'm a big. I'm the only man big enough to come to you and tell you that. You know, like it was sort of like, <laughs> right, right, like, yeah. you know, like <laughs> well, only somebody as good as me could admit that. So yeah, I'm back. You know, like you know, it was, <laughs> it was, uh, I I actually thought it was really cool from that standpoint
1: yeah well, I think it was an interesting situation where it was sort of like Thantos recognized that he needed he he needed some riding buddies basically, and why not turn to the guys that you know had been his enemy for so long uh, but also that that I think he recognized they needed him you know that was kind of the cool thing it was it really was a, a mutually beneficial partnership in a lot of ways um and I think it benefited both sides and 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 obviously as you know as we get to the point where Star Warrior starts to kind of you know slide and 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 Thantos of course is now um hanging up the boots. Uh it it it's interesting to think that here we are, you know, 16 game editions in and and Thantos is no longer a wrestler. You know, he's a manager now. Yeah. Um
0: and and, I got to say really cool transition to a manager. I that yeah, it was very unexpected at the time where he wound up.
1: Yeah. Yeah, well, talk talk more about that, Todd.
0: Yeah, so so yeah, so you know, we kind of finished up with the Champions of the Galaxy group then, and started a, a really unique team of guys who kind of wanted revenge, and he was kind of the guys guiding them, the No Fear team, which was um, uh, 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 Pulsar, Pulsar and Archon, um, and I I I just absolutely loved that trio, you know, the manager and the tag team, I. I thought it was a great transition, something unexpected at all for Thantos but just kind of guiding these two guys who are out you know to to avenge you know what you know how they've been wronged in the past and uh and giving a you know new edge to both those guys and, and a new side with Thantos like it was not what you would expect as the the first managerial uh, thing out of this guy, out of Thantos.
2: On the other hand, it's a nice tie-in to our friends over at Uncharted Territories, who I think we're talking on their show about, you know, the the whole um, Arn Anderson, mm. uh, Bobby Eaton team, and they had, oh uh, yeah, what's his name is their manager, um, Michael Hayes, Michael Hayes from the Freebirds, and yeah. you know, they're like they were trying to think, you know give us your early years kind of team, and I. The thing that came to my mind was well, <laughs> yeah, <you had> Phantos, <laughs> Archon, and Pulsar—three yeah. guys who all had some level of tag team success. So it was sort of that's
0: a good point. You know, yeah.
2: you know it was it was. It, I mean, it wasn't the same obviously because uh, Archon and Crossfire didn't have the history of you know of the other teams uh, or the other guys tag team wrestling. But it was that kind of team where it was three, you know guys who weren't necessarily, you would have tied them together necessarily, but they were, it worked really well and maybe didn't work for as long as you would have hoped it would have worked. Right. Right. Well, how cool is it too, that I feel like this kind of harkens
1: back to, to what we are talking about a little bit earlier, is that like Santos sees these two guys and, 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 you know, here's this team that's formed and really it it's exactly what I was talking about earlier. The rules failed them. Yeah. You know, the rules failed Pulsar and Archon and who better, to kind of bring those two guys together and, 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 you know, and, and have that team than, than Thantos. I think I, I it think was. I think
2: Thantos said something to that effect, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Like, who, who, who knows more about this than me kind of thing. <laughs>
1: right? <laughs> um, no, that's, that's a really, I'm glad you brought that up, Todd, because to be completely honest with you, that wasn't something that was 100% on my radar because it is pretty short lived. It, 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 it only, it only lasts. two years, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but it, but it is a really, really cool moment and does speak to the character of Thantos kind of like what we were talking about earlier where it's like it, he kind of feels like one of those guys like if this is you know if it, it, this was real world wrestling for instance Uh, he feels like one of those guys that would go to where, you know, something interesting. It's like, oh, I could make him, you know, or, oh, I could do something with that guy. You know, Thantos feels like that kind of character in a way where it's just sort of like, oh, I could do something interesting over here. And, and, you know, it'll be, it'll be kind of interesting if I get back together with Star Warrior. Oh, this will be kind of cool if I do. And, and, and that I think also speaks to sort of that, that intellect that, that, you know, we, we read about in that first booklet is that this guy's genius, you know, I mean, he really is. He's the game master, you know, he's, he's, he's somebody that's going to, bring a, a a a you know an intellectual aspect to this just as well as the physical and i think that um that that there's also that emotional core to him too which in this instance with no fear i think it it kind of speaks to all three of those things which is kind of cool um of course, moving on from there, you know, we, we, we get into the aforementioned CPC years and, uh, and, and And then we get
0: him back in the spotlight, managing the bad guys again, just where we we probably expected them to eventually wind up. So,
1: (laughs) right. (laughs) It all, it all comes back around. Um, yeah, I mean, he's, he's, he's the guy that's managing penthouse suite. He's, you know, he's kind of, uh, you know, in, in, in a weird way, you know, he's kind of pulling the, the strings of the, um, you know uh well the most important the impact players of that particular era um you know paragon and and prodigy and uh you know and the list kind of goes goes on of those those cpc names um the cpc era in in general i think is just so interesting and, and, and really cool and and one that i enjoyed quite a bit um I, what, what were your thoughts on this particular point in time todd
0: um, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, as we kind of mentioned before, like with, the, with Paragon there, this is like the biggest, the roster ever was, you know, this is, you know, like, and then, you know, the, this whole CPC where you have like almost a, you know, a, a federation within a federation kind of starting before the the big split, a couple sets later on. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there's, there, there's a lot of guys to kind of manage a lot of feuds to kind of manage at this time. And, but you know, he, Santos was right on top. And you know, that just kind of where I thought, you know, he would eventually wind back up. You know, he's going to be in the mix. The most interesting thing at that time, as you said, is, you know, this, this whole other, you know, promotion, a whole nother set of belts going on. And he's going to manage these guys getting like all these belts across the board. So why not?
1: right well, and I love too that we get in the the 2107 update we we get uh, the interference chart for Thantos and you know now all of a sudden it's not you know it's not just the the regular manager interference or the regular you know distractor ratings this is this is you know just catered to the personality of Thantos and I and I just love you know the to me it reminded me a lot of like when Harley Race was managing, big van vader where like there were times when it's like you almost kind of thought like well does harley really have to get involved this is vader we're talking about but he did it just because he could you know what i mean it's like i'm harley race and i'm gonna do this because i can and it kind of felt like the same way with thantos it's like i'm thantos i'm do this because i can you know and 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 i really loved the the, you know the the idea of like he's he's jumping in there and putting guys in the master lock and you know and, and and kind of uh, having that physical presence, which I feel like for a few years there, maybe we could imagine it, but now you've got a card that actually kind of lays that out for you, which I thought was kind of cool. And, and and you know, I love imagining stuff. Don't get me wrong, but it's always neat when you get something you can kind of roll on and and play out that way. Um, Mike, what were your thoughts on this particular era for Thantos?
2: Um, you know, I I liked it. Um, I thought it was, I, I didn't, I mean, it was one of those, I liked it and I didn't like it, right? I wanted him to sort of be the good guy still, and <laughs> but he couldn't sure. be the good guy. You know I mean? It it, it made sense, right? It, it fit the character. It wasn't what I wanted Thantos to be, but it was what Thantos needed to be.
1: Yeah. That's, uh, yeah, that's a really good point. Um, I, you know, for me, and again, I think this speaks to the importance of the character because I feel like he became, like, he was important during that time, but it was, there was just so much going on and it was such a huge roster um, that, you know, it almost became for me, I know when I was running cards, there were times when it was just sort of like, wow, Santos is like at ringside for five matches on this card, you know? And, and, and there's something to be said about that kind of presence, you know, you know, the ubiquitous nature of Santos. And yet there's also something that it makes it a little less special too. Right. Um, That said, 2109 in my opinion changed everything that was for me one of my favorite years and that was a time when Thantos became like that was like the big mind game like the final kind of like you know mind game that he could have with the omega family because here he is he's bringing in bloodline who at the time you know is is omega's third son and, um, now of course we found out later on that that wasn't the case, but, uh, you know, at the time, that's what we're thinking here. So we're thinking that here's the little brother of alpha, uh, alpha force and, and star warrior and the third son of Omega. and. I mean, the storyline wrote itself in a lot of ways because it was so easy to envision this kid that had kind of been left behind while you know his brothers and his dad were off, you know, in on Neptune or Nethra or Andromeda or whatever, you know, and 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 he has to sit at home alone and watch all this stuff on TV, and uh, and I even you know I even remember writing out a promo for him, you, you know, 20 years ago where he talked about, you know, watching uh Omega on TV and seeing, you know, I, I Omega get beaten up and, you know, blood streaming down his face. And at that time he was supposed to be, you know, weeping for his father, but instead he was cheering on Thantos for beating his dad up and all that sort of stuff. And now here he is, you know, standing with Thantos and getting to challenge the whole GWF. And I just thought it was such a cool moment. And of course it 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 played into so many of the storylines that had come before but it changed them in a lot of ways because it became this is family you know it it became about even more than that and I I don't know I really really just enjoyed it and it was one of my favorite uh kind of moments for the Thantos character that you know here he is managing bloodline um what were your guys' thoughts on that Mike I'll start with you
2: Oh, you know, I I think, again, it was like, you know, we've gone full heel, you know, like how (laughs) how how bad can we be? Right. You know, when you when you mess with somebody's family, that's sort of about as bad as you can be. Um, And it sort of distracts from the fact that he's really kind of ditching his uh, CPC friends. I mean, I know he has, quote unquote, team CPC, but he stays in the GWF, right? The the CPC right. goes off and does its thing. And he kind of says, nah, the rules don't apply to me. I'm, I want to be here and I'm going to do this. And it's, so again, it gets back to your thing that you started with, you know, he's a little big for the rules.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, Todd, what about you?
0: I I, can't echo it any more better than Mike there. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I guess the other thing you're kind of saying like a little bit kind of what I said before with the early classics where, you know, uh, you have, you know, the Omega, you know, kind of guiding, you know, um, his son star warrior and kind of like the adopted son, um, uh, of Thantos, you kind of have like almost the opposite of that here and then kind of how it bridges from 2109 to 2112 and takeover where you know he's kind of got his you know almost adopted son the uh, bloodline and then brings in his real son incubus the team with him it's kind of almost like a mirror of that game masters back you know however many years before that
1: yeah absolutely and you you know that segues perfectly into 2112 which is the next year i kind of want to address which we talked about uh when we went to the promoter mailbag i believe on the last episode uh is one of my favorite sets ever i just love 2112 for so many reasons and incubus debuts and of course yeah you've got that you know that thantos now in charge of this team um and I, 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 you know, I think that there's something about the longevity of Thantos at this point, you know, the idea that he has been able to kind of like, it's weird, because he almost dipped into irrelevance there for a second, you know, with the tag team, the downgrade, you know, managing no fear, etc. And then all of a sudden, he's back up on top with CPC. And he, and he keeps that momentum going with You know, being a part of TakeOver and being, you know, the manager of of arguably the two hottest stars at the time, Bloodline and Incubus, who, you know, are are top tier talents in in the Fed. Um, and, And that only continues because then we get to 2114 and it's sudden death. And, you know, Thantos has the last laugh.
0: Yeah. (laughs) because (laughs) you
1: know it's it like he he retires he like retires star warrior for good for real you know he wins he he wins the feud that's been you know almost 30 years long he he wins uh mike what were your thoughts on that
2: yeah i mean i'm not sure that's (laughs) how you'd book it right you know like if, (laughs) if you if you were running a you know something you know in real life but it it somehow was appropriate. You know, he, he started off ahead of star warrior and he finished ahead of star war. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I, you know, and and the weird thing is, is that I, I think that there's, there's something about where he goes next that was always interesting to me with like, you know, with the angry young men and, and feuding uh, against Cordanus and, and takeover. And, you know, it, it's that, it, again, it's that he's not really necessarily a good guy, but at this point, is he really a bad guy? Like clearly the fans are going to cheer them if they're taking on Cordanus and takeover, you know? So it's, it was an interesting move for him after vanquishing star warrior to instead just kind of sit there and be like, you know, I'm the baddest man in town. And I, you know, I've done it all. Now we kind of, again, you know, like I was saying earlier, he looks over and he says, oh, I can do something interesting here. And I'm going to go do that now. Um, and 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 I think that in a way, you're right, Mike. Like, I mean, who's going to book that in real life, right? And yet at the same time, you know, Tom is able to write this story that by the time we get to new beginning in 2119, it almost, it almost feels like we're getting like the cherry on top of all this because, Oh, by the way, bloodline isn't Omega's son. Bloodline is star warriors son. And now Bloodline's going to be the hero. And, you know, he's going to take the fight to you. And, and, and so it's like, you know, it's like, there's, there's still a payoff to be had in spite of the fact that it seems like it's all over. Um, and so it kind of just, you know, it, it continues. Um, Todd, what were your thoughts, you know, on a new beginning, And that era, because Thantos is one of the very few. I mean, Massif obviously is there. And there's not um, much
0: manager cards that like, yeah, he's one of the very, very few. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That survives the, you know, the, the purge. Um, So yeah. What are your thoughts on, uh, on 2119?
0: I mean, that was a great, I mean, with 2119, I know a lot of it was kind of like, Um, You know, a little bit of a hearkening back to 2087 and you needed a little bit, uh, you know, a little bit of a glimpse of that. And obviously that the new generation was bloodline versus incubus. So I kind of, it made a lot of sense to kind of get to there and, you know, have those guys as kind of like the big hero and villain um so yeah i i think it made sense as far as that thantos surviving on as a manager i didn't expect him to 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 carry on I've, i kind of figured with so many you know i think a lot of cards you know having to be reprinted then i didn't know if we'd have any managers at all and it's yeah, so probably I mean, i'm glad he was you know still in there that you know I think one of the if i'm not mistaken like, i think like one of it might be the only card that was in both the original 2087 and the New Beginnings. I don't know if there's any other ones.
1: Well, there was Commissioner characters.
0: Massive. Oh, I'm sure Massive. But, yeah. Because that, that's
1: what I was saying. Like he, he and Massive were yeah, only ones. one. Yeah. Yeah. Because Sam had retired, you know, a couple of years prior. So it was, yeah, I mean, he was, he was it. Uh, And he's the only, uh, is he the only manager only card that we had in 2119?
2: I yeah. Think. Lorelei was a manager, but I, but, but she, she also wrestled. Yeah. But she wrestled. yeah. 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 I think he was the only one. uh, With a you know without wrestling stats
0: what a great
1: touchstone you know kind of like what you're talking about todd like he's this great touchstone that harkens back to the first set here we are with the new beginning and he was the you know so i think that uh yeah i i think kind of seeing that almost in a way come full circle and then and then basically restarting the sort of you know here's incubus his son bloodline star warrior's son and they're the top you know, the top two guys in, in, in a lot yeah. of ways. So, it, it, you know, it, it, while it's not the end of Thantos's career, there's something about the symmetry of that that feels like a very nice, like we're, we're kind of in the epilogue now. You know what I mean? Like before we were sort of in the end game, no pun intended, but now we're kind of almost at the epilogue of his career. And I think that that's, that that's kind of cool.
0: And then he unceremoniously leaves not too long after that, yeah, right. <laughs> we won't talk about that. We'll let him go out on top then. so <laughs>
1: yeah, um, so uh, final thoughts, you know about about the character of of Thantos, Todd?
0: um I mean uh, cl- great uh, great I mean, uh, cornerstone. I mean, when you think of champions of the galaxy, I mean, he's one of the three guys that you you think of mostly, you know that that had you know, such a profound influence on, you know, the, the game as a whole, you know, people who started, that's, you know, probably a good number of people's favorite guy. Um, and um, yeah, I mean, the classic, classic piece of art. Uh, you know, we had, you know, 2087 did get remade, you know, in color later on. Um, and I think, you know, Daryl did an awesome job on a lot of those, but I think the one piece of art that I always say that i i think took a downgrade in the, in the Daryl set was the Thantos one cuz i just i mean the Chuck one which is so great um and uh, but you know great guy and, and you know, and one thing one other thing I'll ma- i mentioned there you know when we were thinking of doing the Champions of the Galaxy live event there's nobody else we were going to put in the main event other than Thantos right you know, For sure
1: <laughs> yeah um mike your your final
2: final word on Thantos Um, I mean, I think just probably the most pivotal character that Tom did for Champions of the Galaxy, just Mm -hmm. both not just on immediate impact, but longevity, like we're talking about. If you think about it, he basically spans from 2076, I believe, is when we carded him for the classics period uh, all the way through New Beginnings. Uh, We've got nobody else who's got that kind of reach and, you know, I, I think still, I mean, he, he is one of the all time greats. Um, you know, I think there's only a handful of guys who've won more titles in my fed than, than he did, or at least certainly the big belt. Um, you know, I mean, it's just, he, he was great in the ring, had a big impact outside the ring and, you know, was the, the the guy who made you know, turned the heroes and villain camps into something, right? You know, so I mean, pivotal character, uh, great art. I mean, that again, I'll say it again. That Chuck Carter art, I think, is just absolutely amazing. Um, and and I will say, I really liked Warner's twenty seventy six one in particular. Yeah, uh, for him, I think that was that was uh, really good too. Um, but uh, just a great character and. and I can't imagine Champions of the Galaxy without him.
1: Yeah, I, you know, I mean, I would say that he's the most important character in Champions of the Galaxy. I think that, you know, that you look at the fact that he's like the first rookie, you know, he's basically the first homegrown talent, if you will. You know, Omega and Morpheus had careers before. And now here the, you know, here's the guy who really is the first homegrown talent in the GWF. He changes the face of the GWF, you know, about 10 years into his career, continues, you know, wrestling for another like 20 years, then, you know, manages for, you know, another 15 years. So, yeah, we're looking at like a 35 year career uh, in the GWF. And I think, yeah, there's no one. There's no one that's had that impact and that longevity, uh, that importance, and has had just such an undeniable impact on the history of the GWF as an in-ring talent, as an out-of-the-ring performer, and created the the world basically that we get when we start in 2087, and the cool thing about like early classics is you get the opportunity to see that growth and the movement to the moment that changes everything. And so that's why Thantos definitely gets my vote for the most important character. And I think it's the reason why it's so interesting to, you know, kind of talk about when we had Rob on the show, I mentioned this earlier and we're talking about Cronos and we're talking about different versions of characters and the cosmos character. It was really cool to kind of go a little in depth with that character because again, This is, you know, this is the guy who has really formed the foundation for so much of that 50-year history. So, um, we could have had him as our first go in the character spotlight, but, you know, when Todd and I were in talks for doing that first character spotlight, we just sort of like let's do star warrior. Let's start with star warrior and then we'll you know go to Thantos. But I, but that's in no way uh, an indication of how we feel about Thantos as a character. Cause I think he's, he's the most important.
2: Yeah. Well, you know, he, I mean, Star Wars has to finish ahead of him every once in a while. Right? <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. I, we had to give star warrior a little something, right. Um, and, and then the tiebreaker there. He's Brian Danielson's favorite uh, Champions of the Galaxy character, Santos. so there you go.
1: There you go. I need no other affirmation than that, <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Well, uh, thank you, thank you for uh, traveling with us down this sort of you know memory lane of 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 Thantos and doing the character spotlight. Um, you know, it has been a lot of fun to to do these, and and I imagine there will be more structure to them in the future. But again, with this one, I feel like if we had really kind of gone into the nuts and bolts of each and every year, it would have taken us forever. So, uh, and 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 this hasn't exactly been short. So we appreciate you sticking with us. Um, but let's go ahead and, and, and move over here to, to the finish and get ready to go home. Um, before we do that, Mike, do you have anything else that you want to say to our listeners? Any other topics to discuss?
2: You know, I, I feel like I've you know, been tr- still trying to get back in the swing of things after a couple of weeks off. I probably don't want to strain anything. It's It's probably best just to leave it where it is. <laughs> <laughs> get yourself in a nice ice bath after this, you know. Yeah, have, absolutely. Have, have okay, get beverage. myself some maybe some iced tea or something,
1: you know. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Todd, what about you? Anything else? Anything from Fed HQ?
0: No, not at this point. Uh yeah, hopefully we'll have some more announcements coming up soon of some things you can expect. Uh you know, we might even have another cool contest to announce uh, coming up pretty soon too. So heck yeah. Contests yeah. are awesome.
1: Yeah. Um well, great. Well, I have to say, I you know I was listening to Uncharted Territory earlier today. Um, you know, uh, another great episode, and uh, just thinking about uh, you know Chad was mentioning that he and I had been texting the night of Rampage, and uh, we were texting again today. And the reason for that had to do with uh, one of I, I think I can safely say this when, when speaking about Chad is that one of our favorite authors of wrestling related material rock rims um, announced on Facebook today that uh, he was taking a break, taking a step back. And it might be, might be a permanent thing. Um, And he's, he had a really, 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 really rough go of it over the past year. Uh, A lot of it related to the pandemic and family members. And uh, you know, that's his story to tell. So I won't go into too much detail, but I will say that he is responsible for some of my favorite volumes of wrestling history, his books on Southern California scene, the Northern California scene, his recent biography uh, of Roy Shire. He's just, an incredible writer he's very gifted in that respect uh much less his depth of knowledge when it comes to professional wrestling and of course the west coast scene in particular and i I think um it it's one of those things that you know on one hand you're sorry to see somebody that talented um and and with that knowledge base have to step away um but when you look at the reasons for why he's deciding to go do some other things, you just can't help but respect that decision and respect that he's being so honest and transparent with so many of the people that have followed him and, and, and read his books. Um, Unfortunately, his books are a little hard to come by, you know, they're limited printings and, uh, he, he doesn't do print on demand or anything like that. Um, so if you have copies, you know, hang on to them because, uh, they're, they're sure to become, uh, some of them might become some, some rarities in the wrestling book circle, but uh, great guy. And I, I just wanted to take a moment to just wish him the best. Uh, you know, I know that he's listened, uh, to, to King of pro wrestling on occasion. I don't know that he's listened to roll up or not, but, uh, he, he's just a great guy and a wonderful talent and, and and someone that that deserves uh not only happiness and rest and a break um but uh just a, a great deal of respect because i feel like he's accomplished a heck of a lot as as an author and brought um you know, just a great deal of depth in his writing style to telling these stories and preserving the history of professional wrestling, going back to, you know, the 1880s and 1890s in some instances in his books. And I know that Chad, um, and, and and the crew have used his books before when researching stuff for legend sets. So, um, just wanted to say that address that because i felt like it was something that that was important to me today when i when i read it and saw it on facebook uh, uh this morning and uh he's such a great guy i actually just recently bought some of his own personal DVDs that he was selling. Um, and, uh, so my, my wrestling DVD collection has got an injection of Lucha, which I'm very excited for. I don't actually have a lot of Lucha Libre. So, uh, he had a couple of compilations that I didn't want to say no to, but he's a great guy and I wish him all the best. And, uh, yeah, if you, uh, if you're interested in his books, definitely try to check, check him out and track him down because, uh, he's just a very talented, very talented writer. In addition to being a professional wrestling historian. So with that said, uh, I think it's time to say, um, Mike, do you want to say goodnight to your friends? Goodnight to my friends on the Baltic. Todd, anything to say before we go home?
0: You know, I will say one thing. We, uh, you know, Let me check it right now that you're mentioning the Baltic there. We did pick up a couple of <laughs> new countries uh, recently. Let me see if I can find the list. I should have been more prepared on this. But we did finally pick up, uh, uh, you know, some friends from Germany, which I knew they were out there because I send stuff to them all the time. Uh, <laughs> so glad we picked up them, and also we got a whole other continent. We have uh, some listeners from Australia now too, which is is glad to hear, uh, glad to see. So I'm sure your uh, friend Paul down there, uh, I think, was been listening in. So yeah, we were we're, we're making our way across the globe there. Uh, pretty pretty uh, pretty good. Uh, consistently so glad to see that um yeah so you have future topics you know let us know what you like to hear you know we're kind of open you know uh, as far as what type of things we want to do i know we've done tournament episodes we've done character spots like tonight i'm sure we'll still do more promoter spotlights on going there let us know what do you want to hear different topics things like that uh we're happy to, to to do what the fans want
1: yeah man I absolutely I'm I'm more than happy to uh take suggestions and answer more questions. Uh, we're not going to get to the promoter mailbag this week. Uh, we're already running a little bit long, but uh, maybe we'll bring that back next week and answer a couple more questions that we have saved from our Ask Us Anything episode. Um, but uh, in the meantime, uh, just want to give a shout out, of course, to our fellow podcasters, Lee Longpree with his Dizzy Dice podcast. Uh, of course, Grant over there with the Phil Singer Games fan podcast. And uh, as I mentioned earlier, our, our dear, close, personal, longtime friends over at the Uncharted Territory podcast, producing great content uh, every week. Um, And, uh, man. Uh, And
0: and I'll mention... When they were talking about video
1: games recently, I was just (sighs) like... Yeah, just ah, this is my jam.
0: Uh, <laughs> I, I will say also for the Phil Singer Games fan podcast, they had uh, Tom on, Grant had Tom on last week, kind of breaking down twenty one thirty seven. So uh, if you uh, want to hear some more from uh, Tom's thoughts there, definitely go check that out. He's, I think he cut out the interview as a standalone YouTube video as well. So uh, definitely uh, check him out there.
1: Yeah, I saw that. Uh, It's uh, very, very cool. So uh, be sure to check that one out. I'm glad you mentioned it, Todd. Uh, But in the meantime, we're going to get out of here. So take care of yourselves, take care of one another, and uh, have a wonderful all out Labor Day weekend. And uh, we'll talk to you next week.